when America cries out, where is FEMA? We, we have to look at them and tell them we're furloughed. Welcome to the Weather Channel podcast. I'm Kate Parker. The government shutdown is now the longest in U.S. history. It may be having a way larger impact on your daily life than you realize. From the FDA halting inspections at food plants to airport security, the nation's largest employer closing up shop has a huge ripple effect throughout the country. But you may not realize just how much it is affecting our ability to keep people safe from dangerous weather or how much it is impacting those who lost everything in 2018 disasters. So I'm talking first to Eric Blake, a hurricane specialist at the National Hurricane Center, but today he's speaking to us as the union steward for the National Hurricane Center employees. And then I'm going to be speaking with Steve Reeves. He's the president of the FEMA Union for Employees about just how devastating this shutdown has been. Eric, first of all, I want to say thank you for working around the clock without pay um, and for talking to us about what exactly is going on at the National Hurricane Center. Thank you. So uh, what exactly is going on? I mean, you are working. Um, how many employees are in the building um, and how many are working without pay? Well, all of the employees are working. All the employees that are working are, are working without pay. Uh, most, of the, most of the regular employees are, are working. Uh, there's just a few people who are who are furloughed uh, at this point. So what has been slowed down or what are you not capable of doing right now that you would be doing otherwise had this shutdown not occurred? Yeah, you know, when when you're in a government shutdown, you're, you're limited to essential services. So, so that means in the off season, we primarily focus on hurricane preparedness, outreach, uh, education and training. And none of those uh, activities are permitted during a shutdown. Uh, this has implications down the line. We, we've canceled our first class that we, we co-host with FEMA for, for hurricane preparedness. And, uh, and we're looking to see, hopefully we can have the other classes, but it just depends how, how soon the government can open. Do you guys have like an idea? I mean, I don't think any of us have any idea when the government will reopen, but you know, is there a plan in place or is it just kind of we have to take this day by day? It really is day by day. You know, we have a list of things we want to accomplish in the off season that are, you know, non-operational. And as you know, as we keep going day by day uh, with uh, with all of uh, with the government shut down, we're just going to have to evaluate later on what what we can and can't accomplish uh, in this off season. And what is the impact on office morale? I mean, with all of you there working without pay just after the holidays, and you know, you have all those bills from all the you know, Christmas gifts and everything that are coming due, are people, how are they feeling? Uh, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. I think the humor's been a little darker than average. Uh, I've definitely seen more hot dogs and, and uh, ramen noodles than <laughs> I've seen in quite some time. Um, it's like a grad so student all over again. It, it kind of so, because people, you know, people are used to having uh, regular paychecks when they work uh, for the government. And now that we've, now that we've missed one, uh, they don't know when the next one's going to be. So they're taking as many steps as if they know of to uh, to, to save money. And that includes myself. I mean, I'm paying the minimum all the credit cards, no non-essential purchases. You know, it's tough. I mean, I'm scheduled to go to a family reunion uh, over uh, over Mardi Gras in uh, at the end of February, and you know, trying to make hotel uh, hotel reservations, plane tickets. I just can't do any of that, not knowing when the paycheck. You know, when I've got this shutdown that you know 
some people say it could go for months. And I, I just, it really throws a crimp in any planning. And it's not just you. You have children and a spouse and pets. And, I mean, you're not just caring for yourself in this situation. No, that's right. I have two kids and, and two two dogs. I'm glad that my, my wife is uh, my wife is in front of that's uh that's really helping us you know pay uh you know pay the mortgage there so are just, couples just that work paying. at the hurricane center right like you're you're there are some households um where they're not getting any income it, when both parties are working correct we, we do have several uh several people who both uh, you know both partners work for uh the weather service so right now they're basically having zero income and they're having to you know tap into to any savings so I, I've kind of, we kind of talked a little bit here about, you know, kind of the emotional impacts and just the mental impacts of this, but there are some tangible impacts to the way that we're able to forecast currently. From my understanding, there has been some degraded performance with our GFS computer model. What do you know about that? You know, I, I think, I think the weather service is still trying to evaluate that. There's definitely been some preliminary work that showed it was uh, degraded over the, the Christmas holidays, and no one's quite sure just yet. But the point is, is that we can't, we don't even have the proper staff to evaluate it. You know, it, it's not our job; it's the, the job at the Environmental Modeling Center, and they, uh, you know, almost all of their staff—they have roughly 200 people employed with them. I think only one person from that agency is is not furloughed. Whoa, uh, so, one person you know, out of 200. People. So, yeah, That's they can call people back, which, which I think they have. Uh, but again, that it's not. It's you, you really want everyone looking for something that they consider to be a problem. So it's not just employees, but contractors that are also impacted by this. Can you explain what a contractor is and how this government shutdown may be impacting them, either at the Hurricane Center or the EMC that you just mentioned, the Environmental Modeling Center? Sure. You know, contractors are really getting the worst deal out of this because uh, the vast majority of them are not working, uh, and they really don't have any much hope for back pay either, uh, like the full-time federal workers. Uh, but contractors, uh, and they're just simply uh, simply money that people that take money from another agency that get grants or, uh, or other contracts from the federal government as opposed to just a, a normal federal worker. But these contractors uh, really shoulder a lot of important roles. Most of the employees at the Environmental Modeling Center uh, I believe two uh, two thirds or more are contractors, and they work on all the hurricane models and and global models that that help the hurricane center and the whole weather service do its job. Right now, that whole effort that whole effort is is, is shut down. Uh, we don't really have anyone right now working in the federal government to improve the the, the hurricane or, or weather forecast. That's just wild. How much of a halt, you know, and cascading effect that this has. What about, you mentioned something to me earlier about travel reimbursements. Are those even getting paid for people? No, uh, you, know, you know, it's not just the fact that people have missed paychecks. Uh, people that uh, traveled uh, during uh, any time late in November and in December, uh, most of those people haven't gotten re- reimbursed for government travel. Uh, a number of our staff attended uh, the WMO meeting, you know, week-long or longer meeting, uh, as part of our responsibilities uh, globally, uh, and this just required them to be gone for ten days or more. That was uh, in Geneva, have, right? Uh, no, that was this one in uh, this one upcoming in Geneva, but the, the one in, in uh, Hawaii. 
Not like those are cheap tickets, cheap hotels, cheap food, anything. That's a large bill to be shouldering. (laughs) Hawaii is a very expensive place. Uh, And that's, you know, that's thousands of dollars that several people aren't being uh, reimbursed for on top of missing a paycheck. Uh, I, I really, I, I really feel for uh, for my colleagues. Speaking of travel, um, one of the most salient topics was uh, the American Meteorological Society meeting, the annual meeting in, in Phoenix. And this is a massive meeting of minds, thousands of people that come from all over the world to discuss the latest advances in meteorology, to meet each other, to, um, you just, you learn so much and you can, you know, find out so much just from communicating with other professionals in the, in the field and National Weather Service. And I assume NHC employees were, you know, not able to go. What was the, the impact of that? Yeah, no, it's really a lost opportunity um, on many different levels. I mean, we always always go to present, you know, what happened during the, the last hurricane season. What are we working on? What are we excited to come come up for the next hurricane season? It's kind of a, a way of, of briefing people, but it's also a, a recruitment tool. Uh, people are interested in hurricanes and interested in what the Hurricane Center is doing. Uh, now they won't have that outlet. Uh, that conference is one of the largest gathering of students. Uh, so missing that opportunity is, is you know, it, it's not good. In addition, when you're working with other researchers uh, and you're not able to see these talks, you're missing out on uh, shared time uh, w- with new ideas. Anytime I go to one of these meetings, uh, I'll, I'll come back with a, uh, with a few pages of notes about, oh, I should really try to do this differently or, oh, I never thought to do it this way. So you, you lose that new energy to really push forward and, and think of new ways to solve problems. Uh, it's just a lost opportunity. You have a huge lost opportunity. I mean, but if anybody doesn't know, Eric is on Twitter. Um, Highly recommend you follow. It's at Eric Blake 12, by the way. And you also get adorable dog and baby pictures on there. But (laughs) I just had to put that out there. But you have been communicating a lot about this. Is that because you're able to as a steward for the union versus other employees? Are they allowed to speak on this topic sure any anyone can speak as a as a personal uh on their on their personal time uh as long as they're saying that they're representing themselves and not the agency that can get very confusing very quickly for a lot of people it's just a lot safer for people uh they'll have no repercussions as representing the union uh and that's really why I'm, i'm speaking out i mean i've gone through a few of these shutdowns already and this this by far is 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 the, the longest that I've gone through, and it's the most damaging as well. And it's kind of counterintuitive to most people because it's it's occurring outside of hurricane season, and people are like, "Oh, well, that's no big deal. There's no hurricanes." Well, we'd still be working one way or the other, and all of our efforts during hurricane season are operations. But almost all of our efforts uh, outside of hurricane season aren't operations. So this is the time that we're improving and making things better and trying to, you know, beat our any of our from the previous year. At best, at this rate, we can hope for the, the status quo if the government doesn't reopen. Status quo is the best we can hope for. That is, God, oh, that's disheartening, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, we have a really dedicated staff. They, they love their job and, and they love what they're doing, but, but they also have bills and 
and they need to be paid. Uh, and we also need to bring back the people that we don't have. I mean, one of the one of the contractors that we don't have right now is kind of runs the the hurricane forecast improvement project, uh, and he tries out new forecasts and techniques and helps us make better forecasts. But he's not working right now, and you know, that the HFIP, the Hurricane Forecast Improvement Project, has been a big success story uh, for the Hurricane Center about making better track and intensity forecasts. And right now, that program is standing still. Eric, any closing thoughts on this shutdown? that you'd like to share yeah i mean it's you know it's disheartening but i see people coming people are coming to work uh, i haven't really seen anyone call in sick um there's no uh you know people are coming in and doing their jobs uh, and that's uh, that's really good to see i mean i i really hope we don't start to uh, have anyone anyone quit i mean i've already heard of of other people uh in other uh you know the environmental modeling center I mean, we don't want to lose our best and brightest computer modelers, because they're, they're really pushing us forward. Uh, you know, Hurricane Center employees are important as well, but we're not the people that are testing new model packages and new model physics uh, and making the, the models better in that way. And those people are absolutely critical uh, to what we're doing, but they're largely contractors. And so now we have contractors who have been three weeks without pay uh, with little chance of back pay and an uncertain future. Uh, so you can't blame them, but you don't want to have this damage the program for, for years to come because it's hard to rehire people. I mean, these the are not easy hiring. hires. I mean, these are the best and the no. brightest. And we don't want to lose them to the private yeah, sector I mean, because selfishly we would like to, you know, benefit as a country in providing the most safe and accurate forecasts. Yeah, I mean, I want what's best for, for them and their family, but, you know, we want to make, you know, my our overarching goal here is to make the, the hurricane program as, as good as it can possibly be. <laughs> so we want these people... Uh, uh, to stick around, and there's not that many, there's not many that many experts. And so, if you're having some so transfer from government resources into the private sector, uh, you could really leave the government in lurch. Eric, thank you so much for your time. I know that you're you're so busy and doing so much and as much as you can while, you know, not being paid. Which just thank you for everything that you're doing to try and keep us safe during the upcoming season and keep this moving forward. And thank everybody down there at the Hurricane Center for us. Thanks, Kate. And now we're joined by Steve. He is the president of the FEMA Union for Employees. Steve, um, how is this government shutdown affecting FEMA? Well, currently, it's uh, it's really affecting our, our long-term training needs uh, with the municipalities and the state governments. Uh, we don't have those training monies right now because they come out of full-time uh, budgetary constraints, not one of the disaster funds. So it really limits the amount of time that we have to prepare and get ready uh, for the next, uh, you know, for us, it's it's flood season because it's right around the corner. Right. But you're still dealing with some of these 2018 disasters. I mean, because it's not like, you know, FEMA goes in after Hurricane Michael or Florence or the Paradise California fires and then is there for a few days and then leaves. You guys have joint field offices set up what is the impact of the government shutdown on those? Well, they've lost their full-time, uh, and when I say full-time, I mean, uh, you know, the, the congressional budget FEMA, right, not the uh, disaster FEMA, uh, because they're funded out of two separate funds. Uh, one, you know, is, is for disasters, and the other is for, you know, full-time congressional running. They've lost their full-time support that was traditionally provided by headquarters FEMA. So they have so just, they don't they've have had the, to leave. They don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the POCs available. They don't have the people to contact them. That you know, uh, traditionally they could call out, reach out to, to troubleshoot, to manage, to uh, 
you know, arrange for uh, additional resources. So how is that impacting the recovery efforts? I mean, does that slow everything down for these, you know, victims who have lost everything or getting yeah. these, you know, infrastructure rebuilt, whatever, whatever it is that needs to happen, is the process slowed down because of these employees being removed? It has. Luckily for us, we've got some really good uh, core FEMA core employees out there that, you know, that are, have been with the agency for, you know, a decade or more. Um, we're able to rely on them right now to supplement. So th they're still able to do some of the operations. It's just not the full, full spectrum that FEMA usually brings to bear on a disaster relief. What's really got me worried recently is uh, the, the discussion about taking some of those long-term infrastructure monies that we have for these disasters and reallocate them back to DHS and reallocate that back to, you know, maybe a border wall or whatever it may be. The There's, I guess, concern, you know, there's a lot of talk about maybe reopening the government in these small increments, um, different departments. But Homeland Security it is where FEMA falls under, but it's also where the money for the wall would come from. So are you guys looking at the possibility of being shut down the longest? We are. Uh, and uh, listen, I'm telling my employees, you know, when they call me with their concerns, hey, um, you know, apply for any social assistance you can get right now. Uh, ap apply for, uh, you know, unemployment insurance. Apply for, uh, you know, whatever you can get. Uh, FEMA, because of our placement under DHS, we require security clearances. And if you fall behind on your bills, that affects your creditworthiness, which goes against your security clearance. I had not so even thought about that. Yeah, the real possibility is there that we could lose our security clearances and lose our jobs. Over the last 10 years, we've been going back and forth with the furloughs. And FEMA, and, and, and as you know, FEMA spends a lot of money training our people. Um, so when we lose those assets and that money that we've spent on these training because uh, there's an uncertainty about getting paid, uh, there's an uncertainty about retirement, then the, the country is weaker because – uh, we have to train somebody else. You know, we have to get somebody else in these these disaster situations that is not as experienced or not as uh, skilled. And let me just ask, how many of your employees or people that you work with are veterans? Uh, approximately 40 percent of FEMA is our veterans. So we have veterans that I'm, are having your and you're recommending that your employees who are not, are going without pay right now look for assistance to help them pay their bills and then they face the possibility of losing their clearances and their jobs i mean Correct. how do you cope with that even mentally uh it's it's super stressful and especially with the it's, it's all employees it's just stressful for all employees it's you know the long-term uh, health effects that are going to be attributed to the shutdown uh have not even begun to to rear their head we don't know how many uh relationships and Domestic issues are going to happen because of this. We don't know how many uh, divorces it's going to cause. We don't know how many people are going to have, you know, adverse health effects because of this. Because the average starting age of a federal, uh, a FEMA employee is 40 years old. So we're not full of uh, spring chickens in FEMA, right? When you when you add uh, this level of stress to an already stressed work environment that we that we have in FEMA, uh, you know, that adds to adverse health effects. Not to mention that whenever you, I, I think people, um, whenever you're deployed, and that's the term that you guys use for, you know, being out of it these is, joint yeah. field offices, that is 
a minimum of a 12-hour day, seven days a week. Yeah, we, we extend our work days uh, accordingly. Uh, listen, you know, the end goal for every FEMA employee, and this is how it, it's so easy for me to be the union president for FEMA because I respect and, and truly love the fellow FEMA employees uh, because they all really want to make a difference, a positive difference in, in our country. Um, they're here to help fellow Americans in, in you know, their, their worst time of need. And uh, it's, it's easy to stand up for them and say, hey, look, this isn't right to treat our people this way. This, you know, th- this affects us this way. And these are the people that are out there you know, providing that customer service, that initial face for FEMA uh, to hurricane survivors, to tornado survivors, to flood survivors. Unfortunately, you know, that can cause, uh, you know, their customer service to wane or drop because uh, they are under such stress. And it's you have to at some point have kind of a mental separation, because if you are a person that is empathetic and you put that into your work every day when you're seeing these tragedies, I mean, I imagine that they're just it's a my my point in saying those long work days is that it's not like whenever you guys are working that it's some easy, non-stressful job. No, that's true, right? So you're in these austere environments. It's, it's the worst day of most of these people's lives that we meet them. And you're, and we are empathetic. We are there. You know, we're, and, and most of the time we're sympathetic because we're part of the community that's recovering. And especially when they deploy us out to these disasters, we become part of the community. That's a big part of, that's a big part of our response. They have to be um, your family because you're away from your family for months and months and months in some cases. It is, it is so hard to look at fellow Americans and not relate it to your, your uncle, your mom, your cousin, your sister in, in these situations. You know, you're there helping them uh, rebuild their lives. Now it affects every one of us. Why do you think that this, in the way that this is impacting FEMA employees, you know, 40% of which you say are veterans, why, why isn't this a part, why aren't we hearing about this? You know, why isn't this every single headline? I'm out there trying to do it. Uh, a lot of people are, are trying to voice our concern about it. I, I don't know is the honest answer. We're, we're trying to say, hey, look, these are these are long-term concerns to a short-term uh, problem. And uh, unfortunately for us, we thought it was going to be short-term, but now it's, now it's become a lot more long-term, right? If we don't get back to work soon, if they don't end the shutdown soon, it's going to negatively impact FEMA's ability to uh, respond to a lot of these uh, upcoming disasters because we're, we're always responding to a current disaster. The 2018 disasters are some of the most uh, – it was one of the most active hurricane seasons on record. The wildfires were the worst in you know history. So we're still responding to all those, but it, it's going to delay our response to the next the next season that we come upon. It's going to negatively impact how fast we get there. FEMA has to recall all of the employees in, in case of uh, one of these big disasters. So, you know, that takes time. It takes logistics. And what, and what would money. happen if there, if there was a disaster today, something totally unexpected, the new Madrid just decides now is the time we're going to have this massive earthquake. You know, what happens? So we have uh, state and local municipalities uh, that, that are, you know, that train with us every year. And we do these devolution plans and uh, these coup plans uh, for or continuity of operation plans. And a devolution plan is if everything goes wrong, this is what we do, right? So we have these plans in place, but the, the infrastructure of FEMA is not there to, one, oversee it. Because, I mean, we, we go through certification every year with these municipalities and these states. Uh, it's, it's how they receive FEMA money. So our response would be so delayed getting back to that, that, that great event that, you know, uh, you know, we fear as employees 
that you know not only will that that cost American lives, but it will, uh, you know, it's it's going to impact all of us. Yeah, this all impacts all of us, I think, in ways that people yeah. don't don't realize. When uh, when Katrina happened, one of the things that was painted on roofs uh, was where is FEMA, and uh, one of the things now is. When some when America cries out, where is FEMA? We we have to look at them and tell them we're furloughed. You're you're being forced to sit at home. You can't even go. It's not Locked like you're out. on vacation. Yeah. No, I can't check my email. And you're not. Yeah, you're not allowed to work. Right. I, I can't check my email. I can't receive calls from work. Uh, if I see that it's from work, I have to decline it because you know it's violating the uh, it's violating the budgetary constraints and the laws that uh, affect it. Yeah, it's against the law for you to do anything right now to help people, which is just absolutely against the law. Wild. That's right. Oh wow, that was a lot to unpack there, Steve. I I can't thank you enough for taking some time and you know breaking this down for all of us, and also for you know being a champion for you know the employees that are hurting really bad right now. Well, I, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's a labor of love, right? I, I don't get paid extra to be the union president, but all of my peers rely on me to to voice their concerns and voice their opinions, and hopefully I do a good job of that. I think that you have made all of them very proud by this conversation at the very least. Um, thank you again, Steve. Oh, thank you. For more on the shutdown, be sure to check out weather.com and don't forget to download and su- subscribe to the Weather Channel podcast. If you want to talk about this episode, feel free to strike up a convo with me on the Twitters at WeatherKate.